Right, so what we're going to do, I mean, for those of you who um, are fairly new to us, um, you will probably not know much about who we are or about our um, history particularly. Um, We are a church plant, okay, so we have been going now for about 12 months. Um, We began um, in our home um, in September last year, and uh, over the the sort of the months of into late last year and into this year, just slowly, just picking up people as we go along, and uh, and and I guess here we are to today um, a little bit. So the uh, that's just very quickly where we are. But what I would just want to just start off just by sharing, I guess this, this afternoon, a little bit about our vision, about our values. You've seen them up here. Hopefully, you've got a little bit of feeling of, of what they are. So I want to go through them in a little bit more detail just so we begin to understand who we are, perhaps where we're coming from, hopefully where we're going to, um, and everything else in between. Now, I'm not going to cover all of that in one, in one talk, of course, but uh, we're going to try and just get a, a flavor of all of that. So at, at Freedom Church, I, I, guess, um, I guess primarily we believe that freedom comes through faith in Jesus Christ. I guess that's where we must start. That's where we must end probably as well. But freedom comes through faith in Jesus Christ. It's a freedom to live both for now, but also, of course, for, for eternity as well. But with every aspect of freedom, there comes a responsibility. And I guess our vision could be summed up by simply saying our vision is to see lives changed by the gospel through planting churches. Just one succinct sentence, if I was to describe, we want to see lives transformed by the gospel through planting churches. Now, we are um, part of a family of churches called Christ Central Churches. And these are, I guess, a group of New Frontiers churches that choose to work together under the apostolic leadership of a guy called Jeremy Simpkins and his team. Now, this team oversees about 90 churches across, the cent- across central England and the north of England, into Scotland, into Wales, into um, Northern Ireland, into Canada, up there somewhere, um, into Africa, down there somewhere, um, and into Scandinavia, and probably other, I know it's crazy, isn't it, yeah, <laughs> all these points, yeah, um, but but it's a very much a growing um, group of, of, of churches, as I say, under the umbrella of New Frontiers, but also part of this sphere called Christ Central Churches. And I hope, I hope we are what it says on the tin, Christ-centered. And we, we have a passion for God's Word, as, as um, Peter shared so well last week. We, we love this book. This shapes our lives. It, it gives us direction. It is truth. And we love God's word, but also we love the working and the gifts and the outworking of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And we need both the word and the spirit together and centered on Jesus Christ. So what I want to mention is quickly go through some of the six values that have been put in place. Now, all of these values have come from a prophetic Word, sometimes more than one word, spoken into us in the early, in the early stages of the church plant. Many of them before we even actually arrived here ourselves. The first one is this: we need to be 
outward looking with compassion for Chester. One of the very early meetings we had with, with some of the, the apostolic oversight team, one of the guys from a church in Manchester said this, brought this prophetic word. He said, he said, I saw God place watchmen around the walls of Chester, outward looking. I think this is a sign of a high level of prophetic in the church. I saw a drawbridge being let down for you, permission and authority to enter. I saw trainers glowing as if on fire, pure gospel, nothing added. The wind of the Spirit blew on them to keep them burning. They left burning footprints wherever we went. As we read through the Bible, we begin to discover the story of God's unfolding plan of redemption, of hope, of life. And we see a God who loves people, people who are damaged because of sin. But it's in Jesus Christ that we fully begin to understand. We see this plan unfolding most completely in one person, in Jesus. He who is, who is God and yet man. He who came down into this world, who lived, who died, who rose again, who ascended up into heaven, who now reigns and sits at the right hand of God, who sends his spirit. He is the one who builds his kingdom. And that's why in Luke chapter 4, Luke writes, he says, he is the one who came to proclaim good news to the poor. He was sent to proclaim freedom for the prisoner and recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free. And God's purposes have always been to see his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. That's the heart of God. And God's kingdom starts right here, right now. And it's not just something we're looking forward to. It's not just about eternity. Though that's wonderful. It's about God's kingdom beginning in our lives. Right here, right now. And the most amazing thing about all of this is that God chooses to use people like you. I know that's crazy. Seriously crazy. I know myself. I know I'm seriously flawed in all of that. And I'm guessing there might be at least one other person a little bit like that here. Maybe even two. Thank you. <laughs> but God, God chooses to use us to f- fulfill this amazing plan of redemption for this world. So Jesus tells us to Go. In John 20, he says, as the Father has sent me, so now I send you. And of course, we don't do this alone. We do this as part of community. This is something we do together. We also do it in filled, equipped, and sent out in the power of his Spirit. But churches so easily start to look inwards. It's, that's our default position. So often, we, we, we just... We, start to look in on ourselves and we must all in fact we are commanded to keep looking outwards to be led by the word and by the spirit to have love to have compassion for the city in which Jesus has placed us in to bring a message of grace of hope of freedom to Chester to see lives transformed by the gospel 
and to plant churches beyond the walls of the city. Guys, we need to be outward looking. The second value is that we need to be generous, generous in everything. And as a, as a church, my prayer, in fact, has always really been that, that, that we would be known for our generosity. It would just mark us. It would, 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 would be something that people would look at that church and think, just be amazed at, at the generosity of heart. And that involves how we give. It involves the way we act. It involves, it involves every part of our, our lifestyle. It involves how we use our time. And there are two reasons why I believe this is important. The first is this. Everything we have belongs to God. Now, the reason I think that most of us struggle with this whole concept of generosity, the whole idea of giving, is because we do not understand the principle that everything we have ultimately belongs to God and has been given to us by Him. Everything, right from our homes to our cars to the loose change floating around in our pockets, has ultimately been given to us by God. This is an issue of ownership. And if we get this, if we fully understand this, that, that everything we have is basically on loan from God, then giving actually is not a problem to us. It's not even ours in the first place. The second principle about generosity is that giving is worship. See, what we do with our resources says everything about our hearts. So we read in Luke chapter 16, it says, no servant can serve two masters, for he will either love the one or hate the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And you could put something else in that place of money there, but you, God desires our absolute all, all of our hearts. The thing is, we will all worship something you just have to go down to the football on a, whatever, on a Saturday afternoon and stand there and just look at the guys cheering a little ball being kicked around a place and, and see the passion in which they get involved with to realize that we are worshippers through and through. That is how we've been created. So we will either worship God with our money or we will worship money as God. But we will all worship And generosity comes from a heart that truly loves Jesus and wants to worship him. And worship and giving are just intrinsically linked. So how does this look in, in practice for us? Well, I guess we look in the Old Testament and there's a lot of teaching about tithing, about giving a 10% of our income and, and so on. I'm not, not knocking that. There's not a bad principle involved in that. But when we get to the New Testament, it doesn't really mention tithing. It just simply tells us we should give generously. And sometimes we use this little magic number of 10% either to to justify ourselves and thinking, you know, we, we, we've, we've given 10% of our income. We pat ourselves on the back and thinking, how wonderful am I? I've paid my debt to God. I'm sorted. I can just stop there. Guys, that, is never, that 10% should never, ever be a maximum. Again, gets back to the principle, everything we have has been given to us by God. For many of you, you should be given way more than 10%. But also, 
we live under grace, not under the law. And we should, for others, they look at this percentage and they start to beat themselves up by it and, and think, you know, oh, I can't just, money's tight and I can't quite make it to that. And, and, and we, it becomes something that becomes a burden. And that's never the way Jesus called us to live. We live under grace. We are saved by grace. We live in grace. And that, I believe, affects every area of our life. The second part of this is that in Corinthians, it tells us that how we give should be done with joy, not with reluctance, but cheerfully and generously. And I would encourage you, first of all, that you should be given, but secondly, let's not get too hung up on about it. The principle is the heart issue. We give as an act of worship, out of knowing Jesus, out of love for him. And as we give you, I would prefer folks to give a few pounds out of joy, out of thankfulness to God, than to give a thousand pounds and feel bitter and angry about it. You know what I'm saying? Guys, this is important. The third principle I would say on, on the back of all this, as we give, God honors those who give. Guys, there is real blessing in giving. I don't know the mechanics of it. I don't think there is any, to be honest. But I know this. When we give God, God is no man's debtor. God will bless and he will honor you if you give, if you give joyfully, if you give out of a heart of love and adoration of him. Guys, giving is an issue of the heart. It's an issue of worship. Let us be generous in everything, in our time, in our attitudes, in our finances. Let's be people who are known for our generosity. The third value is this. We need to be creatively reflecting God's best in all that we do. The prophetic picture that was given to us, again, at the early stage of the church plant goes something like this. He says, I saw a hand-drawn aeroplane, not from a standstill that had gone before, but a new creative expression that broke away from the mold. Creativity is a God-given gift. See, we look at God, and God is hes a creative God. We, look, we don't have to look too hard, hard to find this. We get to Genesis chapter 1, and we read how God created this world from nothing. That is genius, isn't it? From up... He takes nothing and he creates something. Only God can do something like that, of course. And we get to Genesis chapter 2 and we see a different form of creativity taking place. As God takes some dust, he forms into the shape of a man. He breathes life into him. And Adam is created. And then again he does it differently. Again, he takes, he takes a, rib, a rib from Adam and he forms into something even more beautiful. And a woman, Eve, is created. And we have a God who is such a creative God. And every human who ever, every human who ever lived follows God's creative example. So we get painters who take oils and, and canvas and they bring them together to form masterpieces of, of um, landscapes and portraits. 
We, we, we get craftsmen and women who take wood and, 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 and metal and form it into something amazingly beautiful. We look around even at this building we're in, at architecture. Look, everything from architecture to industry to engineering to music to art, and the list couldn't go on. Creativity is all around us, given to us by a creative God. And within each one of us, there is a creative flair. Now, we're not going to all be artists or do things in the same sort of way, but we should use that creativity to bring glory, to bring honor to God. I want to encourage you. I think there's room for us to really, really move forward in this in terms of just how we are, in terms of even of our music, in terms of, our, of art, in terms of lots of other dimensions within this, that we creatively think, how do we worship? How do we glorify God in just creative ways? Let's use a little bit of imagination sometimes. Let's not be afraid just to think outside the box as we live out in fresh ways, in new ways, as we present the gospel, the truth of who Jesus is. Not that we change it, but we present it in such a way that just excites people, that catches people's attention. So I want to challenge you to begin to think creatively. And together as we explore those things, that we perhaps come up with some really exciting, some fresh, some new thoughts and ideas. Last year we did a little art exhibition. This is one of the things from it. We're probably going to do one next time as well. It's a slightly different, different way. But again, just another way of just reflecting art and reflecting creativity of who we are as we, as we seek to reach and connect with the community in which we live. The fourth thing is we want to encourage everyone to grow in faith, developing the gifts and the talents God has given. See, God has given us so many different gifts. Just diversity is amazing sometimes. So we read verse like 1 Corinthians chapter 12, which sums it up quite well and says, And God has appointed to the church first apostles, then prophets, third teachers, miracles, the gifts of healing, helping, administration, various kinds of tongues. And I don't think this list is particularly, it, it, could, it could go on and on in a sense. But in my mind, there are two sides to this idea. The first one is this, that we all need to be teachable. The truth is we never actually stop learning. The minute you think you know it all, there's something wrong. The truth is, the more you learn, the more you realize you just don't know, and it, it just never seems to end. But the other aspect I, I want to encourage you as well, one of the things I've seen so much in church life is people looking around and thinking, you know what, oh, look at the talent of this guy, you know. I really wish God could bless me in the way that he's blessing him. I really wish he'd give me the talents that Paul has here. And the, Guys, be the person that God has made you to be. Don't look around at somebody else. Don't compare yourself to other people. God has uniquely gifted you and talented you. Live out as God has meant you to be. And we need to get together and to encourage one another in this. To encourage one another to grow in these areas. The flip side of that coin, not only do we need to be teachable, but also we need to all be teaching others. 
to encouraging others. See, we believe that God has called us to plant other churches beyond this one in the future. And if we really want to see that come into place, the reality is we need to have church planters, church leaders, more worship leaders. We need a people who are good with administration. We need people with various and huge amount of different types of gifts, evangelists, prophets, you name it. We need it. We do. And we need to be bringing people through and bringing people up and encouraging them in, these, in all of these different areas. So that means that men need to get alongside other men to encourage them to, particularly if you're a little more mature in your faith, look for some younger guys, bring them through, encourage them, put good accountability in place, teach them by example, spend time with them. But also if you, again, the same thing applies if you are, are a woman, get alongside some of the younger women, some younger girls in here and bring them on and encourage them and just speak into their lives. Let us be building one another up, encouraging one another in the gifts and the talents that God has given each one of us. Again, the prophetic word that has come over this church right when we were literally, when me and myself Rachel and um, Rosie, we were, there was nobody else around. I mean, nobody else around. And the word that was spoken over was this, says, this church is going to be an Antioch church, receiving big ministries in and sending big ministries out. I'll be honest, I'll look around and I find that hard to believe at the moment. I do. But God has called us to step out in faith. And to believe for great things and to believe big things. So we put that one there. We're not going to forget it. We're going to hold on to that. We're going to pray into that. And just see how God begins to unfold these things as we move forward. Fifth thing. Are we five or six? I can't remember. Fifth. Um, we value everyone irrespective of their differences. Guys, we, we are a diverse group of people, are we not? We've come from different backgrounds, different accents. Unfortunately, you all can't speak the way I speak. It's a shame, I know. I know you're thinking that at the moment while you're sitting there. But it's just, you know, we've all got our different accents, a different way of doing things, different way of saying things. And tell you what, that is wonderful, is it not? It's great. However, even though we are different, we have got one and many huge things in common in Jesus. He is our center. He is our hope. And guys, I just want to say, welcome to church. This is how church should be. It should be varied. It should, it should have different people from different backgrounds, from different areas, all coming together as we worship God together. See, unity does not mean that we have to all think in exactly the same way. Biblical diversity is not about us losing our identity, but finding a new identity in Jesus Christ. And Jesus was the one who always treated people well with respect, with fairness. Perhaps the words of Galatians chapter 3 sum this up really well. It says, For in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male or female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And we want to be a church where everyone is welcomed. 
where everyone is valued, where everyone is treated as we ourselves would want to be treated. See, the gospel is truly for everyone, irrespective of nationality, irrespective of the color of their skin, of their age, of their gender, of their sexuality, of their social background, of their educational background. We must reflect this in the way that we treat one another with Christ, with Jesus at the center of it all. And this will mean that we will have good friendships with people that we would not naturally be friendly with. Because if you want to join some sort of social club, there's plenty of them around, and they tend to be people with the same background, with the same interests, getting together, and that's, that's pretty easy. Church is not that easy, unfortunately, because we come with our differences, we come with different, different ideas and different ways of thinking, but with Christ at the very center of it all, who holds it together. Churches should not work, and yet they do, because Jesus Christ is our hope, our salvation, our joy. The last thing is this, we need to be committed to working together to build the kingdom of God. As a church plant, we, we are truly committed both as individuals, but also as, I guess, a body together to build God's kingdom here in Chester. Right from the very beginning, I have always said, we, we're not, it's not about building just another church or another church plant in Chester. This has got to be about building God's kingdom here in Chester. One of the things that excites me most about Christianity Explore at the moment is that we've got this great bunch of folks together. Some people have come from other churches, have brought their friends from other churches, and we are paying for it. We're investing our time, our energy, our money into that. If and the truth of the matter is, most of those, some of those people will go and they will go back to their own church with their friends to their own church. But listen, guys, that is wonderful, is it not? Because we are investing into God's kingdom. If it's just about putting people on seats, it doesn't work that well. But if our heart, if our passion is to build God's kingdom, then that excites me. That really excites me great example of this is found in the story of Nehemiah, where Nehemiah led the whole thing off, but people from different backgrounds with different skills came together to build and to reestablish a city that was destroyed. Surely it's a picture for us here in Chester, where everyone in the body of Christ needs everyone else. We cannot function in isolation breaks my heart when I see it happen. We need each other. We do. The best and the most effective way for which we can work is to work together. Time and time again, a prophetic word has come in the prayer meetings and various aspects around this church, and that has been that God has given us the keys to the city, keys to unlock gates, keys to unlock doors, and we've seen a little bit of that happening in certain areas, but not a lot. And I honestly believe, I believe that we will not see that in its completeness until we truly learn to work and function together. 
both as part of this church here, but also as part of the churches in Chester. One of the things that New Frontiers say quite often, we can do more together than we can do apart. And guys, that is so true. So guys, we are committed to building God's kingdom here in Chester. So what next? Hopefully that gives you a little bit of a flavor of what bounces around in my head from time to time. Um, that's the best of it, to be honest. So, <laughs> But um, what, where do we go from here? Well, one of the things I want to encourage every one of us to do is firstly, is that we keep getting out there. One of the reasons why we don't have too many meetings going on and deliberately try and keep them as few as possible is because we want people, we want each one of us to be connecting with other people in the community, in the city, people who perhaps don't even know Jesus yet or even don't want to know Jesus yet. But we need to keep that relationships open. We need to keep connecting in with these sorts of people. So we don't need too many meetings around. We need to be doing stuff relationally in terms of how we connect with those, with our next door neighbors, with those we meet in the shops, with, you know the score. The second thing I want to mention, just again, is the change of meeting place. I know I'm just going to keep keep this in our attention because I want people to remember it's changing, obviously. But also, one of the aspects of where we're going to be meeting. So in December, we're going to go to the city mission, as I've mentioned already, moving to the morning service. Now, after that, we will, we're not quite sure where we're going to be. I'll be honest with you. Um, we've got a couple of options. One is to come back here. One is to stay where we are. Some of that will depend on meeting times and depend on availability of buildings and, and so on and so forth. I personally would like to get us into the, to the new facility just to see what we feel about it, make sure, it's, you know, prayerfully know that's where God wants us to be. Um, and then we, we're going to explore that from there. So what we're looking for long term is for a place that we can call home in a sense, for people, this is where we are. If you want to connect with us, at least we're going to be here. We're going to, at least there's going to be somebody here to be able to, to connect. So that, that's, that's the ultimate plan, but we're going to have to bear with that for a little bit of time. It's the joy of church planting, guys. It is messy. Apologies for that, but that's life. <laughs> um, so uh, so that, that, that's where we're going. That's where we're thinking. So we've certainly got December sorted. We've got, we've got places to meet in January and, uh, and, and beyond that. And we have booked a few venues, but we're just going to just really see where, how that unfolds. So as soon as I know, you'll know. How's that? Deal? Good. Um, the, uh, the fourth thing, um, I've mentioned meeting times. The fourth thing that we want just to mention, just, just really want to encourage us to really work hard just building community together, both here um, and, and I say both with, with those who we, we meet on a, on a regular basis. And this, this is simple stuff, really, but we don't do it very well in our culture, I don't think. So it's making sure, just getting people around to eat together. It's making sure we, we go have coffee with folks. But rather than, you know, it's, it's seeing someone perhaps who we haven't seen in a while or even someone who we don't even know yet and making sure we, we involve them in that conversation. We, 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 we bring them along, you know. So, so me and Paul go up for a coffee, out for a coffee, and we think, well, oh, there's Phil um, or Simon. And, we, and we, we make sure that they know us. So they've got the opportunity to come. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's not... 
it's not rocket science, but it's just thinking that why, rather than doing something individually, much better if we do it with one or two other people, or three or four other people, if that works out. And, and hopefully we can build this network of relational networks where there's lots of interconnections going on. It just builds strong friendships. It just builds something, something very exciting. And I just want to encourage you just to, just to really begin to think, how am I going to do that? How am I going to make that work with my schedule, with my lifestyle? And we need to be very intentional about this. It's something that you need to make it a deliberate choice because not doing that, it generally just, just doesn't happen. I'm not saying it's easy to do. It should be easy to do, but it's, it's not that easy to do. But we need to make it an intentionality within us. Um, alongside that, then, I just want to just throw out an idea just in terms of we've been chatting about life groups, about community groups, and just looking at how we, we do. I think I'm feeling it's time to start to create um, a number of, of different groups Probably either locationally or even um, with with um, a central focus in mind. So the uh, so perhaps in an area there may be a group and a number of Christians and, and hopefully those who are not yet Christians joining together just to meet. It will involve certain aspects. So I would like obviously prayer to be a part of that. I would like some sort of teaching maybe to be part of that. But very often it is about just connecting up and being together, maybe eating together. You, you know what I mean? Um, and we'll, 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 that, will, that will come a little bit clearer as we, as we get things firmed up a little bit of how that will look. Um, and obviously part of that will be reflecting our values within, within we meet. So, so part of that certainly should be that we fact that we are outward looking, that there's some sort of generosity with that, that there should be a creativity within that, and certainly encouraging and building of other people up and, value, and valuing other people. I mean, that should, that should be part of who we are, and each of these groups should, should express something of that within them. The sixth thing to mention just quickly is just Christianity Explore and Alpha I do feel passionately one of the things that we want to be outward looking, I think it's important that we have some sort of structure in place as well. I'm all for getting, for, for things to be done quite informally and just connecting and, and relational stuff is really, really important. But also it's great to have those little structures in place. So we've done Christianity Explore for the second time. In the new year, the hope is to do probably an alpha or maybe even two alphas for a change, maybe in a morning and, a, and an evening one, um, perhaps in, in smaller groups. Um, we're going to probably do a, a quiz evening as well as a pre, as a pre um, whatever that word is, pre-something to that, um, precursor. Don't know. Anyway, yeah, that's, that's a good word. Like that word? Yeah, precursor to that um, as well. But just intentionally again to make sure we're outward looking. We're, we want to. We, we really want to connect people. If we believe Jesus is the most important thing in our lives, that should be reflected in how we, and how we do stuff. I think. Um, the seventh thing is, is the homeless, the poor, the needy, and God's just again put it on our hearts for. Just once again, just really pray into this whole area. What can we do? There's, there's loads of guys out there. Uh, before Christianity Explore, a number of the folks will go out with, with coffees and soups and things um, onto the, the rows and, and, and connect with, with, with a number of folks that way. But I just really want to pray. And what, what, as a church, what can we do to really connect these people, just to bring blessing to them? It may just be the matter of just bringing some food it may be that simple, but what can we do? Something that's really going to connect with these folks on the, on the streets. Just seeing the need and meeting that need 
if we can. And I, I must admit, I do see probably one of the, the community groups, missional groups, house groups, whatever name we choose to call these groups, um, really doing, being probably focused in on that sort of, sort of area um, as well. And the last thing, and I'm finished after this, you'll be glad to hear. I'll be glad. Um, church planting. Now, it almost seems a little bit crazy to mention church planting when we are just about a year old and there's just so few of us in that sense. But listen, I want church planting to be right at the very heart of our DNA. I believe God has called us to plant other churches. And so therefore, I want people to be thinking about it. I want people to have it in their minds, even at these early stages. The reality is that some of the guys and girls in this room will lead church plants in the future. I believe that. I can look around and see two, maybe three couples who I believe may well lead a church plant in the next couple of years. For that to happen, we need to grow. For that to happen, we need a good foundation here. For that to happen, we need others to be coming through, as we've mentioned already. And some of you may not lead a church plant, but some of you will go as part of a church plant. Listen, that sort of stuff is painful. Leaving is painful, particularly when you're connected in somewhere. But I, I, we do, I want you to catch hold of this, to see this as part of who we are. My heart is to see churches planted into Chester, perhaps North Wales, perhaps other parts. But one of the one of the prophetic words that was given to us again right at the very, very start before we even came here, when the guy says this, is don't think in terms of Chester and Cheshire. Extend your vision to the nations in large boundaries. And the picture that, the prophetic picture that they got was of a lots of, of points joining together and extending out from here. Guys, let's dream big dreams. We have a God who is huge. Let us believe that the God who is a God of the miraculous can do absolutely anything. I believe it. But I pray that my faith would increase to truly see it. Let's stand together. Father, we want to want to thank you, Lord, for for what you are doing among us. Thank you, Lord, for for your calling. Thank you, Lord, for when you call and you challenge us, Lord, sometimes just to get up and just to do something. And but, Lord, also we want to thank you that you equip us and you enable us, and that you are with us and that you protect us. And Lord, even though sometimes it's not easy, Lord, we know that you walk every step of the way with us. And I want to pray for every single one of you. Lord, I just pray, Lord, even now, just for a fresh empowering of your Spirit. Holy Spirit, you'd come and just fill us and just equip us. Lord, just broaden our minds. Lord, widen, Lord, our, our tent in a sense. Lord, Lord, just help us, Lord, to, to expect from you, Lord Jesus, I pray. So I just want to pray for individuals, Lord. I pray for families. I pray for couples here. Lord, I pray even now, Lord, you'd even be speaking to those, Lord, who stand here in your presence, Lord God. Just put something within their hearts, Lord, of vision, of a passion, Lord, to see your name glorified. 
to be carriers of your word and your spirit. And Lord, I just pray, Lord, that you would use us. Lord, weak and and feeble as we are, God, that you would use us to build some great things, Lord, for you. But ultimately, Lord, to see your kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. We give you thanks, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen.